and welcome to another Sunday Afternoons with Reverend Lucretia. I'm so glad you're here. And just as a reminder, the song, our theme song is Happy, and the link for that is down below in the description. So if you would like to listen to the song before you listen to the talk, just go ahead and click on that link. Alrighty, so the name of today's talk is Follow Your Bliss. And as you know, I usually try to have three or four words which sum up the topic um, so that we can get clarity. And the three or four words this time is joy is a choice. So we're going to be talking about the work of Amanda Gore, about joy and living in the, from the heart, about Natalie Kogan, who says that there are tiny pieces of joy every day that we have to experience. We're going to be talking about scriptural references to joy, Eric Butterworth, Louise Hay, Abraham Hicks, and scientific references to the effects that joy have on the body. We'll be talking about allowing and about opening your heart and about controlling our thoughts. It's about creating more joy on a daily basis. So let's start with scripture because I really believe that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. He made us this way. He taught us how to focus our minds and our hearts so that we live in a state of joy. Uh, it's important to express our love to each other, to be conscious of that, letting the love in and sharing our hearts is how we experience the joy. And that our purpose is related to not only making our lives better, but teaching us how to make the lives of other people better as we live in joy as well. So being in joy is a conscious decision. It means monitoring our thoughts as we focus on loving ourselves and loving each other. It means getting in the flow of the divine energy uh, so that we can be our best and highest good. So the word joy is mentioned 242 times in scripture, 178 times in the Old Testament and 68 times in the New Testament. Uh, it describes how joy is part of who we are. It is innate to our building to our being. And so in Galatians 5.22, we read, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. The fruit of the spirit means the rewards that we get when we're in conscious contact with God. So when we are communing with God and we're able to feel him living inside us, we get the fruits of the spirit and the fruits of the spirit are joy. You saw that the first one was love and the second one was joy. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And Psalm 9, 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. So trusting in God, our source, our creator, is a conscious choice. And we will explore further how joy comes when we consciously choose to focus on the thoughts that, and the ideas that keep us in alignment with the truth of who we are. So Louise Hay, you know she's one of my favorites, I've been listening to her for 30 years, says, your mind is a tool to use in any way you wish. The thoughts you choose to think create the experiences you have. There is incredible power and intelligence within you. That's God, that's the God within us, constantly responding to your thoughts and your words. As you learn to control your mind by conscious control of your thoughts, you align yourself with this power, you are in control of your mind. 
you use your mind and you can stop thinking those old thoughts. So those old thoughts are the negative, judgmental, critical thoughts that are out of alignment with who we really are. So Eric Butterworth wrote in Your Power to Be Happy, we are conditioned to think the goal is to chase the pursuit of happiness. And it's even written in the Declaration of Independence, but he says he doesn't believe that that's the way that we should go. He tells us that joy is not a reactionary emotion. It's not something that occurs because of something outside of you that happens. It's a positive energy that comes as a result of the releasement of the inner communion, he says. And the only way that anyone can ever really experience any kind of joy or happiness is when something happens within him, when he awakens to this inner flow. So Jesus said that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Joy is an innate quality. It is who we are. It is part of ourselves. It is part of the way we were made and how we've created. Um, and sometimes we manage to block ourselves off from this joy. And so we're gonna be talking today a little bit about what we can do when we find ourselves blocked so that we can get ourselves back into alignment. And that that's a minute by minute basis. So life more abundant implies an attunement with this flow of joy so that regardless of what circumstances in life, regardless of what happens, we can experience a continuity of this bubbling effervescence of spirit which keeps us alive from within. This is the greatness. This is the good news of truth, that you are a spiritual being and you have your own innate flow of guidance, your flow of jubilance, which comes right out of your own self and you can turn it on anytime you want, he says. This joyous consciousness is a consciousness in which we keep ourselves in tune with the rhythmic flow of the universe that flows from within and always flows in a harmonious expression. And as you know, Abraham Hicks is talking all the time about being on a river and you can flow with the current or against the current. So we'll be talking about that a little bit as well. So happiness is future oriented. Joy is present. So, you know, it, I say that because people always say, I'll be happy when I get a new job, or I'll be happy when I move into my new house, or when I lose 20 pounds, or when I find the perfect mate. It's, it's conditional. It's not something that's in the present. So we're going to be talking a lot about the fact that joy is always in the present. And so your thoughts and your minds can control your thoughts so that you can stay rooted in the present. So all of the spiritual leaders that I am talking about today will be talking about agreement on that one principle about living in the present and going with the flow. Um, joy is all about allowing and um, coming from an open heart space. Um, Abraham Hicks talks all the, way, all the time about the art of allowing. So Amanda Gore is one of the first people that I'm gonna be talking about. And she had a talk called The Secret Formula for Joy. She's the CEO of the Joy Project. She's author of Joy is an Inside Job and also The Gospel of Joy. And also The Joy Project, Happiness is Just the Beginning. The Joy Project's mission is to help millions of people around the world feel great about themselves and to eradicate fear. And we're gonna be talking about the fact that joy comes from the heart and fear comes from the head. And so we need to move a play into our place of our hearts to be able to feel the joy more abundantly. So she says there are three steps. The first step is stop it. 
And she says, stop judging. She says, we judge everybody and every situation within seconds. And she says that keeps us um, from seeing the real reality. Uh, we perceive uh, and judge, and that keeps us from being living in the truth. She says, when we stop, we become present. We can really listen. We can open up our mind, and we can open up our hearts. So there is an electric current that is generated by the heart that is 60 times more powerful than any other electric current from any other organ in the body, and that the uh, magnetic field that comes from the heart is six to 10 feet outside of our body. Uh, the heart has its own brain, its own neurons and transmitters, neurotransmitters, and so um, the second step, she says, of this formula is to drop into your heart. She says, drop into your space in your heart and stay there. It is the portal for love, inspiration, wisdom, and discernment. Focus on the area around your heart. Imagine yourself breathing through your heart. Place your attention inside your heart. She said, or a faster way sometimes works better is to think of a little laundry chute and that's at the top of your head, and the tiny little you goes from the laundry chute down into your heart and just drops down into your heart. So the second step is drop, drop into your heart. And so she says, when you get there, there's a huge big difference in the way that you feel. You'll notice that you feel awe and reverence. Once you get into this space, everything changes. So she says, your voice tone changes, your perceptions change, the way you connect, how you feel about yourself. You are filled with love, compassion, gratitude, hope, peace, and forgiveness. So she says the head brain perceives and judges. That's why I'm saying the head brain is different from the heart brain. And the head brain is ruled by fear. Whereas the heart brain knows the truth and brings peace. So I had to Google it. I had to do a whole lot of research because it just wasn't making sense to me. The heart actually does have its own brain. What I read was the human heart, in addition to its other functions, actually possesses a heart brain composed of about 40,000 neurons that can sense, feel, learn, and remember. The heart brain sends messages to the head brain about how the body feels and more. The heart brain's neural circuitry enables it to act independently of the cranial brain to learn, remember, make decisions, and even feel and sense. And so she gives two examples of that. One of them, well, she gives a couple, but the two most important are she gives a seven-year-old who had a heart transplant, was having nightmares every night for weeks. They were able to catch the person who murdered the seven-year-old donor of the heart because of the memories that the seven-year-old girl got in her nightmares. So that just proves the heart contained the memories. When the heart was transplanted into the seven-year-old, she had nightmares and they were so specific and they gave so much information that they were actually able to prosecute the person that committed the crime. There's another example she gives about a granny who all of a sudden started liking beer and motorcycles. And it turns out that she had the heart of an 18 year old who had been killed in a motorcycle accident. 
So I tried to think of some personal examples and I came up with one that's just astounding to me. And I, I, I can remember this day, although it was probably 20 years ago, I was uh, going to Montclair Unity and there was a concert that took place after the Unity service. And it was by this wonderful musician and he was a pianist and he sang songs and I had an instant connection. When I looked in his eyes, it was just this absolutely overwhelmingly strong and powerful connection that I had with him. And so um, after the concert, because I was on the board, we took him out to dinner. And he was walking right in front of me into the restaurant. And I looked at him and I said, something's wrong. And he looked at me and I said, something's wrong. I said, I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. And I looked at him, I said, do you feel okay? And he said, actually, I really don't. I feel like I'm gonna pass out any minute. I need to sit down and could you please get me some water? And I said, is there some medication you're supposed to be taking that you didn't take? And it turned out he was a diabetic and he had not taken his insulin when he was supposed to. And the result was that he got this overwhelming feeling of wanting to faint. And I swear to God, I had never met the man before. I had never had a conversation with him before. That was just my heart. My heart, my heart got so strongly connected to his from the songs that he sang and from the music that he played that there was just this instant communication. And I'll never forget that. It was astounding. And he looked at me like, how the heck did you know that? Um, and then the other thing that I can relate to is when you're in love. So when you're in love, you have this, this feeling that you're invincible. You don't need sleep. You don't need food. You just, you want to be with that person. And when you're in that person, you have this incredible energy. And sometimes it's not even your brain says this probably isn't a smart thing, but your heart just knows and knows and knows. And so that's another example about how your heart has its own brain. It has its own feelings um, and it can relate in ways that the head can't relate. So, um, um, the heart brain perceives and judges because it is ruled by fear. The heart brain actually knows the truth and knows peace. And so that's what we need to remember. So the single most important thing in life, she says, is the way that you feel about yourself. And when you go into your heart space, you're able to be loving and warm and gentle with yourself. And you're also able to help other people love themselves better. Um, she says that's a really big piece of it. Focus on helping others to feel good about themselves. She says the most important place on earth is your heart. Getting inside your heart causes chemical changes. The fears, anger, and insecurities will leave you. You, When you think from your heart and come from your heart, there is only peace and a sense of knowing. So when we send out love to other people, we not only boost our immune system, but theirs as well. So as I said, there is this huge, big electric uh, magnetic field of energy that comes outside of us. So um, her mom had this expression called zoots. And so zoots is when you send love from yourself to somebody else. And um, she did it quite generously and sometimes anonymously. And so she had this little vision of a, uh, touching her heart and then having like a little butterfly land on the other person and that was sending love to them. So the third uh, step that she said about learning how to be more joyful was sending this love out. Um, she called it suits, giving that love generously. She said, go forth and scatter joy. You can put anybody inside your heart space and send them love. Difficult people, friends, family, co-workers. You can fit thousands of people inside your heart space. 
So again, the three-step formula. The first is stop. Stop judging. That comes from your head. That comes from fear. Number two is drop into your heart. And number three is this zoots thing where you're able to send love out uh, generously to the people that you meet. So another person that studied joy quite a bit is named Natalie Kogan. Uh, she is a Russian-born entrepreneur. She wrote the book, Happier Now, How to Stop Chasing Perfection and Embrace Everyday Moments, Even the Difficult Ones. So she is a Russian Jew who left Russia at age 13 with her mom and dad. They each had one suitcase and a total of $600. They lived in refugee camps with over 100,000 people. They had no idea where they were going to end up. And she says what she remembers was being really, really hungry, but she didn't want to tell her parents because they were so filled with fear and anxiety about what was going to happen to them. Um, so they finally ended up in the um, slums of Detroit, uh, and they were on welfare and food stamps until their parents were able to get her parents were able to get jobs. She says it felt like she was in a fog for the first year because uh, she didn't speak English. And so after school, she would come home every day and she would watch TV for hours and hours and hours to try to teach herself English. And what she decided what she was going to do was chase the American dream to become happy, to do a lot, and to achieve a lot, and to make a lot of money. She said she called it chasing it the big happy. So she did work really, really hard. She went to an Ivy League school. Um, she graduated top of her class. She went into a consulting business. She started her own publishing firm. She ended up at Microsoft and was very successful there, made lots of money, got a nice car, got a husband, had a beautiful home. But she said she was absolutely miserable and it wasn't working for her. So she switched gears and she started studying neuroscience, psychology, and sociology. And she found that uh, chasing nirvana, this state of happy, she was missing all of the day-to-day -day moments um, where there was happiness. She was missing them all in her day-to-day -day life. And so she started this company called Happier. And the goal was to encourage millions of people to stop saying, I'll be happy when, and to start saying, I am happier now because. So... Research shows that focusing on small, positive moments that are part of our everyday life are significantly proven to fundamentally change how we feel about ourselves. There is less stress, we are more productive, less depressed, less anxious. Research shows that people catch fewer colds, there are 50% fewer heart attacks. They capture these moments, you write them down. So she says, people who are filled with gratitude that actually make physical uh, reminders of the gratitude. So you can take pictures and put them in the album or you can write them down. There are apps on the phone that you can have now. I have one that's called Journal and you just click on it. And so she says, just thinking it isn't enough, you have to actually capture it somewhere. Um, she says, the truth is that life is made up of moments and that you have to choose to create and collect the happy ones. So she believes that happiness is a skill and just like any other muscle, we can strengthen it and improve it. And so she has five steps for learning how to be more joyful every day. And so the first one is acceptance. She says, being with your feelings and with yourself, just how you are, not trying to struggle, not trying to change it, not trying to shift it, just allowing yourself to have the feelings you have and sit with them for two minutes every day. 
She says, number two is gratitude. And again, she says that you need to make a note of it. She says, when your gratitude, filled with gratitude, your brain releases dopamine and serotonin. We'll talk about that more later. Um, and again, the more specific you can be. So don't just say, I love my life. Say, I love that I look out the window and I see mountains. I love that I hear birds chirping. I love that I can hear the clock ticking on the wall and it makes me feel serene. Be very, very specific about it. The third is intentional kindness. And so she says, send a text to a friend, see how they are doing. She said, if you have a really busy day, schedule kindness. She said, you schedule everything else. So go ahead and put on your calendar at three o'clock, I'm gonna send five texts out to people that I really care about and just ask how they're doing. So you schedule intentional kindness. The fourth is the big why. So she says, connecting to your source of meaning. Um, so she says, it's learning about how what you are doing is helping someone else, uh, how what you are doing is helping someone. So it's not just about you, it's about how you're helping someone else. She says, the research shows that it's easier to get through a day when you're connecting to your big meaning, your big why in your life. And then number five is self-care. So she says, when we treat ourselves with kindness and compassion, we are more likely to get things done. And this has been proven repeatedly in research. Say supportive things to yourself like, hey, I know you're gonna have a rough, rough day today. I'm just reminding yourself that you're okay and that you will get through it. Um, she says to find gratitude about yourself, things that you like about yourself. So I'm glad that I'm so disciplined or I'm glad that I'm so creative or I'm glad that I'm so kind or find stuff about yourself to be to, to be filled with gratitude. She says to say that to yourself too. She says take a moment to thank yourself for doing these five steps and again it's been scientifically proven to improve well-being, to contribute to productivity, creativity, and better relationships. So Natalie Kogan says happiness and emotional well-being are not extras. They are the foundation for being your best self and doing your best work while navigating life's ups and downs. So now I'm gonna give you some facts about how joy affects the body. So in an article written by Carrie Murphy in August of 2018, she says, we feel joy, when we feel joy, our neurotransmitters and signals between the neurons and the body's cells causes the release of dopamine and serotonin. We just mentioned that a minute ago. When you perceive something that makes you happy, your brain receives a signal to release these chemicals. And there are also reactions in your circulatory system, the heart, the veins, the blood cells, the blood, and the lymphatic systems. The autonomic nervous system was impacted by thoughts of joy. This is seen in breathing, in your digestive system, and things like the dilation of your pupils. So an example is when you're on a, a, a roller coaster and you're coming down and you're all excited and you're all happy, your heart will race. That's a good kind of heart racing, and that comes from feelings of happiness and joy. So. I did a lot of research this week on how to improve our feelings of joy, and every single article I came up with talked about smiling. So it turns out that smiling will elevate your mood. You are lowering your heart rate, you are reducing your stress, you are activating the neural messaging in your brain, which triggers the release of neural communication boosting neuropeptides like dopamine and serotonin, and it has been proving <laughs> that faking it works just as well as the real thing. So if you're having a really bad day, I know I found it really hard to believe this too, but I swear to God, I read it over and over and over again. 
just force yourself to smile. When you make a really big smile, it changes your brain chemistry. It changes your heart rate. It changes your pulse. It changes your whole body's reaction. So even if you're not feeling great, force yourself to do a really big smile and it's going to change how you are. So um, feeling joyful also affects the smooth muscles in your stomach and your intestines. And this happens to any mental state of happiness, hopefulness, optimism, and contentment. So in an article, The Biology of Joy by Michael Lemonade, he says that when people who were rated in the upper reaches of happiness, according to psychological testing, there were 50% more antibodies in response to the flu vaccine. These people were also shown to have reduced risk or reduced severity of cardiovascular disease, pulmonary disease, diabetes, hypertension, colds, and upper respiratory infections. In a Dutch study of elderly patients, he says, upbeat mental status is reduced an individual's risk of death by 50% in a nine-year duration of the study. Also, we see changes in the neuroendocrine function and the immune inflammatory pathways. When someone is experiencing feelings of joy, there are lower levels of cortisol, and cortisol is the uh, hormone that is released uh, related to stress. And when you have less cortisol, you have less uh, inflammation and better immune function. Um, and the study described how optimistic people also take better care of themselves. That obviously makes a lot of sense. If you're feeling real happy, you're going to take real good care of yourself. So um, Esther Hicks talks about the ability to flow and feel positive energy. And we talked about downstream and upstream and going against the energy and, and towards the energy. Um, I found a very early interview that was done when Jerry was alive. And so it was um, Jerry and Esther had been doing it for about a year or two, but not a long time. Um, but Jerry and Esther had both been studying um, the effects of joy and the effects of being in the flow and, and the powerful effects of meditation for many years. And so he says, I understand the purpose of life is joy. Whereas before I thought joy was like, maybe we shouldn't get too joyous. Maybe there needs to be more pain involved. The plan, the ultimate reason for being here is to achieve joy. The goal for every one of us is to feel better. To which Esther responded, joy, it comes in spurts, then it comes more often, then in time it becomes the basis of your experience. So this just touches on the fact that we're kind of brought up that you have to struggle and you have to work hard and life has to be painful, but they're saying that's the exact opposite of the truth. If you want to be really productive and creative and let all of your juices flow, you need to be able to be filled with joy. So she says alignment comes in many different forms. Being really interested in something is the most joyful state of being. Joy is present within you, comes through your intellect, through clarity, through focus, lifestyle choices, the changes of the filter of the lens, it leads to creativity and abundance. The goal is holding yourself in vibrational harmony with source energy. The dominant intent is to look for things that feel good. So joy does not happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. That was written by Henry Nguyen, who is a Dutch Catholic priest uh, and theologian. And Mother Teresa says, joy is prayer. Joy is strength. Joy is love. Joy is a net of love in which you catch souls. 
I thought that was absolutely wonderful. And probably you've heard the Abraham Lincoln quote that says, everybody is about as happy as they make up their minds to be. So I can tell you from personal experience, I have radically changed. I used to be anxious, unhealthy, sickly, martyry, suffering type of person. And I've come to totally reverse that. I used to think that being brave and strong um, gave me value. And I understand that that's not what gives me value at all. Being joyful and helping other people to be joyful, helping people to be alignment with who they really are. That's what my purpose is. It has nothing to do with suffering. And so, as I said, Louise Hay and Abraham Hicks are probably the biggest influencers, um, but I'm here to tell you that you can change. I completely changed who I was. And it's just a matter of focusing your mind and taking the time to do that and making a decision, making a choice. So when your thoughts get off track, you bring yourself back into alignment. So I did it by listening to videos and reading books every single day, doing my meditation every day. Every single person has the power within them because we are born from joy. We are innately filled with joy. So I believe God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. He wants us to be, he has created us to be magnificent, glowing, happy expressions of his love. So we're supposed to be the mirror of source energy. We're supposed to be giving that back out into the world. That means we have to be positive and uplifting and creative and inspired. So let's make a decision. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be happy. Thank you so much. So if you liked this video and you thought it had helpful ideas, please just share it and subscribe and hit the like button. Thank you very much.